Hey, Lana. Hey, Wendy. So we read the wrong book. We read the wrong book. I can't. <laughs> let me just let me just show you guys. I was sitting there in the bathtub reading this book, and I was thinking about how the description of this book in the top Amish books involved a marriage of convenience, and I kept waiting for this marriage of convenience to happen, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh dear God, we read the wrong book. <laughs> And I, I got the book from your link to me, so I read the same book as you did, so nobody read the right book. So we both read the wrong book. We're both wrong. But let it be known <laughs> that there were three Amish midwife books. Three. Three books that are called The Amish Midwife. And one of them is called The Women of Lancaster County, number one. The second one is Lancaster Courtships. And then the next one is The Amish <laughs> Midwife's Courtship. Like... <laughs> I think that this I think this is a game that they're playing with us, Wendy. This might be search engine optimization because maybe like everyone oh, yeah. wants to read Amish midwife books. They took SEO 101. Yes. And they found out about a thing called Google Ads where you can search your keywords. From now on, our podcast is going to be, you know, Wendy and Alana's book club, Amish midwife. <laughs> Amish midwife Duke. <laughs> Amish midwife Duke lottery ticket. You know, fast cash. Winning numbers. Winning numbers. <laughs> Take me home. <laughs> the Analana's podcast. Wendy Analana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo! Hello and welcome to Getting Let, Wendy and Alana's totally excellent literary podcast. This is series one, season one. Episode ten, yay! Of our <laughs> of our vaguely romance novel focused two person book club. My name is Wendy, and I'm one of your hosts today. Hey, and this is Alana. I'm the other host. Today we're discussing the Amish Midwife by Mindy Starnes, which I'm going to say is partially my fault because <laughs> before, like during the last week when I was putting together the Google Doc. I just quickly Googled which um, the Amish midwife's author, and I put the wrong author, and that was when this started, like when we read and the wrong book. I'd like to point out that you're a librarian. <laughs> you actually went to school for this. You know, there wasn't a trying how to tell two books apart class, so maybe that should be part of curriculums for librarianship. <laughs> yeah. Amish midwife, midwife versus Amish midwives. Yeah. Just, How can you tell? <laughs> just imagine, like, there's just going to be, like, a stern-looking lady in the front of the room, like, pointing to two different books, like, with, like, <laughs> a, a yardstick and being like, this one is <laughs> is uh, is the one you should read for book club, and this one is also an Amish romance book, but not quite the same one. <laughs> and then you tell the difference by the fact that th it has like a scary alien baby on both of the photos and an Amish woman holding one of them. The scary baby is looking straight at you. And one of them, the scary baby is kind of looking towards the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What are you drinking, Alana? I am drinking. Today I made um, a drink I call that is sort of fall inspired that is based on this book um, that I call Take Me Home to My Hazelnut Orchard. <laughs> Please. Please. It's, so it's technically my orchard, but oh, I just need a man to take me to it. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's got hazelnut liqueur in it, 
which another exciting time going to a liquor store at nine in the morning to try and find some hazelnut liqueur. (laughs) It's got three shots of apple cider in it. It's got a shot of whiskey, two squeezes of lime. But I honestly, in this drink, I, I was going a little conservative on the lime, but actually lime apple cider is really delicious to get by the way. Oh. Um, a dash of cinnamon, not more than that, because otherwise you're kind of taking the cinnamon challenge on this, as I learned. <laughs> um, anyway, and then I, I put some cinnamon sugar around the top of it, and then I put a little ginger snap in the corner for fanciness. Um, wow. That is fancy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and I put that you should drink to in shame for having read the wrong book. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Also, shun. Shun. Shun everyone. Yes. <laughs> the shunning anyway it's shun everyone it's a delightful drink um and full of it sugar sounds delightful mm-hmm. it sounds really well thought out <laughs> i love how it's like another version of like wendy versus alana like who, how are these people very different <laughs> because you woke up at 9 a.m <laughs> and went to the liquor store and you probably did some research you have a little garnish so what I'm drinking today is <laughs> a contrast is I was like, ooh, I'll do something festive too. I only have minimal alcohol in my in my apartment and I'm not going anywhere. And it's like an hour before we have to meet. So I took what's left of the eggnog. Mm. Like the mixed eggnog. Mm-hmm. Such good stuff. But it wasn't a lot. <laughs> so then I added milk. But then I was like, this is just like like a non-alcoholic drink. So then I added like <laughs> some gin. Nice. Because <laughs> that's all I had. <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> the the brand eggnog has like three different ty- types of liquor and none of them are gin. <laughs> so now I have four types of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and then some chai tea to add some extra oh, spiciness. That's so good. I love yeah. chai tea. And then some nutmeg. Mm. Chai tea is amazing. Mm. I've decided that I, you know, I've always like tried to find the taste of Christmas. And the taste of Christmas is not Christmas cookies. It's not Christmas beer. It's not like I don't know eggnog. It's it's freaking chai tea. It tastes so much like Christmas. <sighs> You're talking about like the organ chai, right? Yeah. yeah. Latte. Yeah. So good. It's like spicy. Mm. Hits your tongue. But then it's like you just had a cookie that was a lick. Ah, yeah. I, I remember when I used to work at summer camp, they had chai tea latte there. And I used to combine it with like whole milk chocolate milk. And yeah, Lana, I learned that from you. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was like, like was that was doing? was Wendy the person sitting across from me, like as I chugged this stuff? Like, oh, yeah. it was so good. And then you were like, it tastes like a cookie. And I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't get over myself. It was so good. Like, it was like the best thing. I I actually had that last week what? at work. Ah, you're like living had- the dream, Wendy. I am. <laughs> uh, totally. God, that sounds yeah. really good. So that brings us to our next thing, which is my rant, which I will intro myself. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to rant about today, Wendy? <laughs> well, let me tell you. I feel like 
reading Amish novels is kind of like being a vegetarian, where you're like, okay, you're a vegetarian, whatever, but tell me why you're a vegetarian, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I'm a vegetarian because I think, like, like the faces on animals are cute and fluffy. I'm like, that's a fucking stupid reason. Or, like, because it's ethical, then you're like, oh, okay, well, ethics makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> I feel like some people are like, I like Amish because it's real. Because <laughs> Regency isn't real, fantasy isn't real, paranormal isn't real, and Amish is real. And I'm like, Amish is not real. No. It's not written by Amish people. It reminds me of those people who say, I don't I don't like fiction. I don't like fantasy. I don't like I don't like imaginary things. How can you fucking do that? Ugh, like <laughs> the people that I've met that say they don't like fiction, they have such a concrete view of the world that's so black and white that their life is kind of like a fiction. Like, what you're telling yourself life is like is not what life is like. There's so many gray areas. Yeah, like, not everything is, like, fact, right? Like, like there's a lot of theoretical constructs that, like, govern the way that you live, right? <laughs> yeah. And you don't know, right? It's all magic to you, right? Yeah. Or, like, how your car works um, or how you get paid, um yeah like it's all it's all like part of a system that like too lazy to learn about right and and yeah Yeah. people who don't read like i also have people who think that you're like some sort of saint because you read like fiction right um Mm. like some like like somehow like that it relates to like the fact that they don't read fiction means that they like are a stupider person which is not necessarily true but it is means that you're like a less interesting person right (laughs) <laughs> i mean yeah you can still be smart and not very interesting <laughs> yeah. or like i mean like people watch fiction all the time they don't necessarily read fiction yeah like you're consuming it one way or another yeah that's what i that's what i tell people i have this friend she's not really a friend okay <laughs> um <laughs> i have this acquaintance that she goes Wendy reads. She's so wise. She just reads all the time. She's not going to have Alzheimer's. And because she's from the South, she says she's not going to have the Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like, I read the equivalent of, like, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like, <laughs> it's not like, it's not like thought-provoking shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> At the same time, it's different from TVs. You can just put on TV and just, like, veg out. But when you read something, you have to pay attention to it in order, you know? Yeah. I mean, even yeah. an audiobook, you do have to be listening. Um, you know, like, you control it. I just I just think it's so ridiculous. Yeah, and I think, like, I also don't like people who don't like sci-fi because, like, it's never going to be real. Or, or the other side is people who think that it's going to be real, right? Like, most of sci-fi, a lot of sci-fi is speculative, meaning it's supposed to help you better understand what's going on in society currently. Like, we're not mm-hmm. going to all be mole people. <laughs> like, they treat it like it's the future. And it's like the future, but it's, like, not the future, man. I feel like that's where, like, having a liberal arts education is, like, has, like, really helped me in life, is understanding theoretical constructs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the science behind 
like the whole like smart and reading thing, which is like completely boiled out of proportion, is the fact that when you like physically put yourself character's situation, then you're looking from an outside perspective and they're creating empathy. So you're exercising empathy and you're exercising your emotions and how you deal with them, how you talk about them. So there's like an emotional intelligence component. However, <laughs> there are many books out there who that do not exercise empathy. You know, like where like the hero is like this white guy who is super strong and he has this girlfriend that's just like always up on him and then like that's it. <laughs> you know? Like that's not empathy. I could do that. <laughs> it's fine. Well, also, like, to haven't wasn't there that study that came out that like, so they so there's all these books about like talking to animals or something, and apparently like mm-hmm. children, if you look at how they exercise empathy, they they won't they actually don't exercise empathy, um because because if it's an anim- animals who are doing it, they don't actually transfer those skills to humans, uh like like oh, talking no. animals like like to- like uh, who's the tiger Tony the tiger or no wait. Daniel Tiger. Yeah. Um, huh. Like, like uh, talking animals, like, don't actually help, like, kids develop empathy. That is awful. I know. It's okay, though, because those, they're still really excellent, so. <laughs> I feel like also there's, like, a sharp curve of, like, you know, like, you read two books, and then you're like, wow, my fucking mind is blown. And then you read four books, and then you're like, that's amazing. And then when you get to, like, the 200 section, you're like... Well, I learned this, like, at 193, so it's pretty much the same thing. I will say I do <laughs> I do feel smarter now that I read more books, and I think it does help, like, reading books requires, um, like, extended time, like, avenues of concentration on something that doesn't involve your life, um, mm-hmm. and I think that does help me in, like, getting over my own shit. Like, be like, oh, yeah, I have to think about things that don't directly relate to me. What? <laughs> that'll, that'll keep the Alzheimer's away. That'll, that'll keep the Alzheimer's away for sure. <laughs> also, there's, I mean, there is like a, a school of thought that's like even the, the you know, quote unquote, like most low of books does help you exercise that empathy you know like in in Jane Austen's like Northanger Abbey like it was about um it was it was a play on the whole like she reads too many romance novels Mm -hmm. shtick which has happened ever since novels have been existed you know for some reason people have a hard time with that (laughs) she's going to become a romance heroine (laughs) no it's not gonna happen but anyway the like if you like really dive into it you you realize Catherine learned how to feel through the books even though the books were just you know gothic novels mm-hmm. not that exciting and any anything helps like anything helps in like learning the finer emotions because mm. she had no avenue for that otherwise hmm. also she's like super dumb <laughs> i have a hard time with that book she's super dumb <laughs> That's the worst. So, yeah. People don't be close-minded. Just don't be close-minded. Just just read a book. Just read a book. Just a book. Just read a book. God damn it. A book. I don't really care. <laughs> C-spot run. <laughs> Let's do it. Or don't. Just don't. Like, if you don't read, fine. Just don't complain about it to me. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not your keeper, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I can never get myself to read a book. Yeah. <laughs> what, you want me to sit you down? <laughs> Make you read it? No. Oh. So, uh, let's talk about this book. Okay. That that you chose for us. I, that I chose. All right. So, I think, all right, I will say now that I did not enjoy this book. I have a strong idea that you did not either, Wendy. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mostly was annoyed that it was not the other book that we were supposed to be reading. Yeah. So I feel like I, like, it's funny because I wanted to call this the Sexy Pilgrim Week month of of it. Yeah. And you know how pilgrims are not Amish? Well, these people weren't Amish either. So. Yeah. Um, apparently it's all my fault. (laughs) Well, I think, I think expectation was the biggest downfall because otherwise it'd just be a regular shitty book. Yeah. Okay, so I walked in thinking all these things, thinking that it's escapism romance that's like a gentler form of romance, and, mm-hmm. you know, but the, they it's like filled with like, you know, psalms and other quotations from the Bible and also like tons of guilt. It's like, I kissed her, oh no, now I'm going to hell, you know, like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but also just like really sweet. Was not it. And then I was also like, okay, so my theory behind it is Regency to me is escapism because like Regency, Regency romance novels are not like even what we, you know, it's basically fantasy with like, like bell skirts and bodices. So I think it's like, it's like Amish is like a more palatable fantasy escapism. Like maybe they were like, I don't really know about this like Regency shit, but I'm, I I know Amish. I'm down with Amish. I can understand it. It's escapism. These people had fucking cell phones. Well, but this I but this so mad. but this book isn't really Amish. Like I mean, if you read the Goodreads review, people are like, "This isn't an Amish um, genre book." Um, like in the review, like annoyed about it. Um, so I don't know if it's really like. I mean, what I could say, but you could tell a little bit of the genre, and I could tell that something that's really strong in the genre is a strong focus on family and a strong focus on relationships and tradition, which I think maybe, like, most of the people I know who read Amish romance are, are like, old, retired dudes. <laughs> so, like, I could see how, like, if you've been married for, like, you know, 60 years, basically, and you've raised all your kids, like, this sort of book, like, kind of fits into that sort of universe that you live on, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't really know if this book really was emblematic of the genre as wasn't. much as it could have been. I mean, you got an idea for what Amish books are probably like, which is a lot of focus on the church and kind of vaguely Christian focus. I would call this book a Christian book, but I don't think it was an yeah. Amish book. Um, no. in its background. I mean, you definitely got, because the main character isn't Amish at all. She's Mennonite. Um, and she's not even Mennonite. Well, she's like raised Mennonite. Non-denominational kind of Mennonite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she, she also lives with another kind of Mennonite family that works mm-hmm. with Amish people. But the Amish people are kind of you know, the dressing on the story. It was pretty much just a giant ploy for, from the publishers. Like, the Amish midwife name, and then that fucking cover is so deceptive. 
Because it's an Amish woman holding a baby, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, this is going to be a book about, like, a sweet Amish midwife who, like, takes, like, really happy alien babies out of of Amish women's wombs, Mm -hmm. you know? Which instead, it was about a stalker (laughs) and her Amish family, her biological Amish family. Which I... Because she was fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, my God. The main character in this book is so ridiculous. And I think the way that we know that she is an asshole is on page 133 when she walks into a coffee shop when it closes in five minutes and she orders something. (laughs) <laughs> like I was like what a bitch. Like I was like, uh wow, rude. And they have to basically um she just ignores him and clicks onto the computer. <laughs> what are you doing, lady? Like, come on. <laughs> like, be nicer to these people. And she has no redeeming qualities. Yeah, and she like strings along this other guy. Oh, my God. Like, so she has, like, this sort of guy that, like, kind of stalks her. She's like, whatever about him. He's, like, really good and really nice. But, you know, her father died, and so she's all weird right now. Mm-hmm. And, she, and then she goes and she finds this other guy. And she, like, this guy's stalker. Like, I have on my, my notes um, on page 110 that she knows that he had his undergrad work in Columbia. This is after they've, they've chatted for like 10 minutes. His medical training at Chicago <laughs> Medical School. His residency is George Washington, and he's been in Lancaster General for two years, and it's just applied to John Hopkins. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she, she has that all memorized. Yeah, she tried to do the math to figure out how old he was. Four plus four plus two equaled at least 30. What? Oh my God. You just met this that- guy. You guys are, like, knee-deep in, like, amniotic fluid and stuff. <laughs> and you've, like, got his whole CV. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so let's let's back up a little bit. This this story is about a midwife nurse who's, she's not a midwife. She's a midwife nurse um, <clears throat> from Oregon, was adopted. Her adopted father dies, tells her this, like, really vague ass rumor she like jumps on a plane to pennsylvania and drops on the doorstep of her supposed birth mother's sister and then consecutively like stalks them she she stalks the amish family she might be related to she um gets the uh the kids of her aunt to work for her even though her aunt forbade it. She trespasses. She um, undermines other people's authorities. She looks at medical records that she doesn't have access to look at. All of this. And then, like, then she... They finally say, yeah, you're you're my fucking relative. Go away now. And then she leaves, and then that's fine. Throughout, there's, like, a smattering of romance going on, but it's not even romance. It's not, like, a burgeoning romance it's not a coming together romance it's not a strange romance it's not like any of the romances because she has this she has this she has this boyfriend that she's had since high school um who is like really nice and gentlemanly and he also has the same faith as her and um he doesn't push her or anything 
And he's like learning to be a psychologist. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go fuck off to Pennsylvania. I guess we're kind of not a thing anymore. And then he's like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then then she meets this other dude who's the the OBGYN surgeon who is not religious, who not only talks down about Amish people and Mennonite people, of which she was one, of which she was born into, but also she he talks down about midwifery. Mm-hmm. Like he he talks down about like people having births births in the in the home, and I'm like, dude, that's you. Like, why are you saying I understand? Like, that's not okay. And then he pressures her to become an OGBYN for some reason, and then he pressures her to to go to move to Pittsburgh, which doesn't make any sense. I thought it was uh, Baltimore. They were going to go to Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Which she thinks about, which is even more insane. Like, why are you thinking about this? You've known this guy for two weeks. He's, You've, like... I, I liked him. He seemed to me like the werewolf of this story. Like, he doesn't really care. He's not attached to any of this. He just wants to go, and he wants to deliver tons of babies, and so does she. She's really into <laughs> delivering babies. Like oh my god, she's kind of creepy. This book could have could have been I think fifty pages shorter if they did not describe every birth that she was part of, Um, (laughs) but not with any particular detail, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's just like and I delivered another baby, and it's like without any detail about like you know how disgusting having children can be. Like (laughs) it's it's gross, right? Like it's full of gross things. Like, yeah, women totally. taking poops in the middle of, like, having babies and stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's disgusting. Um, yeah. So, um... I didn't like him at all. Oh, I was I was on team him over her, like, weird psychology... Steve or something. Um, like, Jesus freak back in back in Oregon. Because he, he was, like, weird about her going to find her birth parents, which is clearly something that was very important to her. Was he? Yeah. I liked him. Oh, I did not like I him mean, at all. Oh. I also was like thinking of it as like, okay, so you're, I mean, you're obviously religious. Like you obviously are a Christian in some way. You go to church. This dude is not Christian. Like this dude that you met who's an OGYN, he's not Christian. And then the moment he said something about like, oh, it was like Mennonite novice. Oh, they're all the same. Red flag, do not hang out with this guy. You don't know who he is. And then it's like, (laughs) she gives him his number for no reason. Yeah, it's really weird how she just is looking for anyone who, like, takes an interest in her. Yeah. Like. I mean, I know that, like, James was completely made up and is not based on any kind of human being, man. But also, like, I mean, at least they had things in common, like, and, like, he liked her. And they understood where their relationship was going. Like, obviously, she didn't like him at all. I don't know. I think she was trying to ghost out of that. Um, and I was like, James seems to be, like, okay. Like, in general. I don't know. Mostly, I didn't like the fact. Not James, but um, I'm Sean. You call him Steve. Sean. Oh, Sean. But um, my big problem with James is him, like, swooping in, oh uninvited, and forming, like, a fucking intervention 
He doesn't. He's not even a licensed psychologist yet, and he goes oh, in yeah. and he knows what everybody's so problem is, despite the fact he has not met any of them, right? Oh, and yeah. he just and he just like he just like white dude explains what everybody's problem is, and my biggest problem with this is this whole plan. All right, like the one thing that you can agree on is that everybody is lying to everybody else in the final reveal, right? Everybody is lying, mm-hmm. right? So why do we trust her biological father? He could have fathered both kids. We don't know. I do not trust that guy. Like, it seemed awfully convenient that he, like, the whole story hinged on the idea that he was not lying at any point during this process. Which everybody else was lying. What? You mean Alexander? Yeah, Alexander. The stepfather? Yeah. Oh, Alexander. He was a negative character in the way that he was, like, not a character. He he had no personality attributes except, like... He had a negative personality. And this book... He was a black hole of personality. And this book has the trope of women are crazy. They just do crazy things for no particular reason. Like, the, the motives of her biological mother are not clear at all. Right? No. Like, she does not make any sense as a character. Did you feel some weird, huh, this is topical moment? Because the story behind her birth is that Giselle, who is Amish, went to go work for an older man who was married when when she's 19, and he's 30-something, and then they start an affair. And I was like, mm, like, you mean like Roy Moore? <laughs> like, is he also an Alabama legislature like, <laughs> you know, like, the attitude that we have towards my more right now is so different from the attitude that the people in this book have towards Jill. Like, they're totally like, well, she was a hussy. Well, even, like, no one really wants to help her, right? With the fact. No. And, and the fact that, like, everyone is just really happy that, that the guy stays with his wife. Right? That they're able to work it out. Which was like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. Fathering one child with someone else is bad enough. He fathered two children with someone else. And he ran away with them for like a year. What woman in her right fucking mind would take that guy back? What woman? Who would do that? It doesn't. No. And she doesn't make any sense. And why would she also lie, make people believe, her sister believe that she was sleeping with her her sister's husband? Like, that doesn't make any sense either. This seems like totally the... Yeah. This seems like totally the point of view of what... Honestly, I kind of feel like the author might be a guy because, like, this is totally the way a guy would see that situation. Because there's no there's no way that anyone would do this and then run away to Switzerland, you know? And, you know, like, I mean, he was superior. Like, you gotta have some compassion for her. They, you know, she was, like, she was working trying to make money while they're facing this really bad sexual abuse. Or not sexual, but domestic abuse. Yeah, yeah. Though I thought that was where this was going was that she was an incest case. Because apparently her dad was such a bad person. I think, yeah, I think we, like, almost went there. This is an inspirational. Yeah, yeah. Um, And worse, I didn't have any marriage of convenience, which is what I was waiting for. Like, there was several characters in which I'm like, that's that's going to be the marriage of the convenience person. Ah, I love marriage (laughs) of conveniences. Like, when they went to the first Amish thing and there's, like, the guy next door that... Or like the brother oh, next door really? whose wife just died and is like really the widower. Yeah, I was like, widower 
is a whole subgenre. Oh my god. Whitworth. I was like, that's the one. I'm like, that's the per- that's gonna be the marriage of convenience. Yeah. No. No. I'm just really sad. I feel I feel robbed. Um, but back <laughs> but back to this book. Yeah. So the whole intervention in the end, and then the fact that oh my god, such bullshit. Uh, also, I don't think Mindy really knows what an intervention is because it definitely is not one psychologist who's not even licensed getting together an entire family and telling them to tell the fucking yeah that's not that's not what an intervention is no everything about this was it was like was like some sort of crazy shit and this guy just walked in and it was like oh and then she's like he's there and she's like oh now i can go back to the hazelnut farm and i don't have to sell it because i now i totally understand that you are the person who needs to control me right Uh like it was all about control ugh and then in the end, like, she doesn't even go to Switzerland to, to get the, sto- the full story, right? Like, suddenly she doesn't care about the story, even though everybody's lied, right? Like, everybody's yeah. lied, so you probably should get the cooperating story from your biological mother in Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> like, and maybe not the one person who hates her the most, which is yeah. Aunt. Yeah, and not, yeah. Yeah, not the bunch of people who want you, including your, um, your like, you know kind of boyfriend james who just wants you to stop looking it's like deus ex ex boyfriend <laughs> comes in and is like all right kids <laughs> you know like like let's all get together and then it like a sudden change from 90 percent of the book going hey tell me something no hey tell me something no hey tell me something no it's very much like well now that this nice you know dude is asking me i'm going to give you all the answers he has kind eyes (laughs) such bullshit this community that we have of amish people is the whole point like the fact that they are extremely xenophobic they're insular they don't they don't hang out with english people they don't share their stuff they don't talk to other people. Mm-hmm. And also that whole like Amish motto of like letting it be like that is the opposite of what they did at the last 10 minutes of the book. This stranger who's English coming up to an Amish person going, hey, tell me your deepest, darkest secret. I have kind eyes. Kind <laughs> eyes? And then they're like, all right, here it is. Step by step. Tell me your that deepest, darkest secret. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, uh. No, it, it, the way it ended was super abruptly, especially after they'd spent forever not getting any further. Um, no. And just delivering a lot of babies. Dear God, so many people having babies. I just deal with it. Like, there was, the, oh my God. I started kind of skipping ahead every single time they started. Because it was never even that different, um, the things that happened no. inside of those. And she's kind of creepy even with the baby stuff. Where she's like, she's like, I asked for a picture, and, and then they send me a picture of baby, and then I have them in a folder day. Like, that's creepy. That is pretty And then creepy. also, when she couldn't, when she couldn't take pictures of Amish people, she was like, should I actually, like, sneak a picture? No. No. That's, like, that's their boundaries. And then he, she would just, like, stare at them for, like, a minute, like, in, <laughs> like, engraving them on their mind. <laughs> the look of the the mom or the grandma or the baby or whatever and i'm like you're just looking at them aren't you like you, 
<laughs> she probably looked like you're stoned out, just like staring straight at them. <laughs> you're creepy. So you're so much of the creepy. Yeah. I mean, I like midwifery. I think it's very interesting. You know, my best friend had a midwife when she had kids. And, mm-hmm. like, I think it's important stuff. And I think there's interesting things about midwives and stuff. But I think that it was really just to make her seem more maternal. And also to use the midwife thing. Yeah, and also to use the important search engine optimization term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't feel so much regretful. It's mostly my time. It was $2 and, like, 30 cents um, on Kindle. Yeah. It was not a lot of time. It was not a lot of money. It was just the expectation, because I was open to the idea of an Amish romance. Like, I was like, all right, I know what I'm getting into. It's going to be saccharine sweet. It's not going to be Amish at all, but I'm just going to learn some weird facts about Amish, and then they're going to talk about God and stuff, and then, like, kiss. Like, I'm I'm game. I'm in. <laughs> and then it wasn't fucking about it. <laughs> like we we wanted Amish, but we were like full on Amish, but we just got half and half. Yeah, we just got like I don't know. She's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I love it when you like renames like a stalker in Lancaster can. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good that's pretty good. Would be what your sequel to be, but also called Amish midwife. <laughs> Amish midwife, a stalker in that case. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't you think the next books are going to be, like, completely not like this book? Because they actually are Amish? Probably. I mean, it could be that, like, they, yeah, I, I honestly actually had not looked. I can look it up right now to see what the other books are. I looked are at it. In the, in the, um, well, the next book's about Ada. Oh. Her twin sister. Oh, not the twin, Amish nanny. Full sister. And then the Amish bride. And then the Amish seems... Yeah, those are probably more, um... Those are actually Amish people. Yeah, like, let's see what the third <laughs> book is about. Um, Ella. Oh, it's about Ella and Ezra. So, yeah. also, like, super, super Amish. So we read, like, the least Amish of the books. You would think it'd be the most Amish because it's a midwife. Like, of course Amish yeah. people are wives. It's like, like saying, like, the Amish butter churner, like... I, I mentioned to you already, but I plan on reading The Amish Midwife, and I will give my report at December meeting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> about... Do you want me to read that one, too? If you want. I, I mean, it's up read to it. you. Um, but oh I, I don't know if you want, because uh, not to change the subject, but we're going to have a guest for the... I mean, <laughs> she'll just have to listen to us talk about Amish Midwife. <laughs> yeah. For like five minutes. For like five minutes. Also, okay, the one, the last thing that I want to mention about this Amish book is don't you think that they were looking down on Amish as a religion? She obviously did not want to be Amish. And then, like, things came out and she was like, oh, God, that's not okay. And then when, like, people were like, I'm gonna, like, go to a, go to school instead of being Amish, she's like, woohoo, like... When you base a subgenre on an entire religion, don't you think you should be like a little bit more respectful to it? Like, <laughs> yeah, but this book isn't like that Amish. I would since it's, since it's about a Mennonite person, it's debatable whether this is in genre or just near I just, genre. I mean, it's it's pretty critical, but it's hard not to be critical of a religion where you can only get an eighth. But oh my god, eighth grade education. Yeah. 
That's ridiculous. Amish people. I, I just think it's a little bit suspect that the Amish vampires book that we read also looked down on Amish. That's true. Like they were like, we are punishing Amish because they're fucking Amish instead of whatever the religion that is right. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit like Christian fiction. It's it's sort of like a weird subgenre, but also like it's so unsustainable in, in other people's view. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like like a like a way of making Christian decisions and seem more simple. I guess mm-hmm. I'd say like because it's I mean, weird. if nothing else, you have to agree that Regency is not very fundamentalist Christian friendly, right? Oh hell no. Um. So like, if you if it's you were the sort of, of person that wanted to read sense. something that was like Christian. But also, like, seemed like Regency, I think it would be Amish. Yeah. This one just didn't fit the mold. Like, I was excited about that idea. Yeah. This one just didn't fit the mold with their cell phones, their motorcycles. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. I wanted to know more about Ezra. I didn't. It's not Um, boring. Also, like, they did not drink that much, so why did they get so incredibly sloshed? How can you drink that much Miller Lite to get that that (laughs) drunk? Yes, I, I don't know if Mindy Clark knows what it is to be drunk also. <laughs> you don't have to go to the hospital for that. She was talking, she'd probably be fine. <laughs> I had three Mike's Hard Lemonades. <laughs> I'm going to die. Um. Okay, the last thing I thought was funny is that also we don't really know how the law works because... So the the aunt is being tried for um, manslaughter for the death of one of her patients and the baby. And then Lexi goes to her, to the aunt's daughter. Do you think she did it? Like, do you think she's guilty? And then the daughter goes, no, she would never hurt anyone. Well, yeah, on purpose. (laughs) It's manslaughter. (laughs) And she's not being tried for murder. (laughs) <laughs> manslaughter is like neglect like it's like not meaning to kill someone <laughs> we also we also charge those people of crimes <laughs> so ridiculous so let's let's talk about the books that we're reading now i'll go first i um one of the books i'm reading or i just finished reading is called um it takes two to tangle tangle Tangle. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> it takes two to tangle by Teresa, perhaps. And it was great. It's a Regency book, and I loved it. It was um, one of my favorite subgenres, which is guy coming back from war, scarred. But he um, he lost his arm, and he's like. Like, he's, he's not, like, a angsty guy. Like, the world is all dark and gray. Like, he's just, like, trying to get back into society while everybody, like, looks at him like, oh, you're such a cripple. So it was good? But, Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And um, I've decided that in my blog, I'm going to start um, giving awards of um, the Not an Idiot Award, where characters are not idiots like they think like rational adults um because that's not very common in romance novels and i feel like i should award them so this one got a not an idiot (laughs) because both the heroine and the hero were both not idiots which i like cool um some books i read is i don't know if i mentioned it last time but i read the god of small things by um amnuthani roll with my mom 
And it was, it was, it was not my favorite book at all, which was weird because this is like one of the books that like people love and I did not like it much. Mostly it involves, (laughs) I'm going to ruin the book. So I guess spoilers. Spoiler alert. But it involves incest, like, like, like hopeful, happy incest. Uh, And you're like, ah, and I read this with my mom. And so I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to bring that up at all. Um, <laughs> I, f- I finished Concept of the Corporation, which I mentioned that I was reading last time, by Peter Drucker. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Concept of the Corporation is by Peter Drucker, and he wrote it in 1947. And he was, he's often referred to as the father of modern management. And this is considered, it's a book that they say is about management the way that Moby Dick is about a whaling. Um, it's very a very deep book, and it's it goes all over the place, and it's it's very conceptual, and I loved it. Really liked it a lot. Really very well written, kind of fun to read, and also like for a business book and a book about like you know operations processes at General Motors in the forties. Surprisingly, not that skeezy, and like really actually very hopeful about like the spirit. Hmm. I mean, at, at times it's a little bit sexist, but you know it's also the forties, so. Like, there's an assumption, like, that all the women that are working in the factories right now are going to go home after the war. Oh. Like, that, that sort of stuff. Um, but it doesn't, de- I don't think they delegitimize that they were there. That's good. So, like, I think that they, anyway, I think that it could have been much more sexist if it had wanted to. <laughs> so, like. That should also be an award. Yeah. Could, it could have been much more sexist. Could have been much more can, sexist. Can you fit that on a ribbon? Yeah. <laughs> Could have been much more sexist. <laughs> and okay, so that's what I'm reading. So, do you want to talk about next next month? Yeah. So next month we're having a guest host. It is my sister. Yay! Her name's Katie. Um, I'm just gonna have my my whole family. <laughs> Watch out, Dad. <laughs> We're just going to work through the it. Dwyers. My dad likes to watch the A&E version of Pride and Prejudice with me. Ah. So maybe we'll just watch that. Yeah. And then that'll come. Maybe. Um, anyway, we're going we're gonna to go to a different theme, which is space romance. <laughs> <laughs> pew, 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 pew. You know, they always have laser laser guns. Yeah. Whatever Laser guns of does. love. <laughs> I've only read, like, Space Romance is hard to find, man. Um, I've only read a couple of them, mostly because a lot of, like, sci-fi in general is written by books, and then a lot of romance, it, like, has a romance element, which I don't really consider romance, is written by dudes. And so I have to, like, sift through all the dudes to find the one girl, and then those girls suck, so. <laughs> um, I read Carol and Sher- Sherry, 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 no, Sherilyn, Sherilyn Kenyon. I always try to say Sher- Carolyn Shenyon, but it's Sherilyn Kenyon. She's awful. I thought we would But she's space romance. Yeah. So space romance with my sister. Do you want to mention what we're going to read? Oh, and we're probably going to read Grim Space, which I've heard of through things that are saying that it's popular. So that always works out. <laughs> You know, I love those books. <laughs> it's, it's by Anne Aguirre. That's what we have in store for December. Yay! Uh, thank you for listening to Getting Lit. 
available monthly on iTunes. If you want to learn more about our love of romance novels, you can visit my website at gwenwendy.com. That's gwenwendy.com. And you can also read more about Alana's professional life at alanastonebreaker.com. She has a pretty cool last name. (laughs) Thank you. My Google says, Stanabreaker. (laughs) Alana Stanabreaker. Anyway, that's, uh, that's about it. So thanks for listening. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. The Alana's Podcast. Wendy and Alana's Podcast. Get little red, get little red. Woo! Hello and welcome to Getting Lit. Wendy and Alana's totally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a fail. (laughs) Are you finished yet?